I'm Akashika Mohola. Thank you for tuning in our first ever podcast series in the spirit of spinning yarns. Every episode we bring to you will be a thought-provoking story because these are the stories that matter. Stories of you, me, and us. Today we have a brilliant guest with us, so please stay tuned and we will be right back. In the spirit of spinning yarns, I pay my respects and acknowledge the Tubal and Chakra people as the traditional custodians of the land on which I record this episode of our podcast today. And I also acknowledge the people of the lands where my guest today comes from and the land where you will all be listening to this. I recognize the continuing connections to lands, water and communities of all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. I pay my respects to all elders, past, present and emerging. Today we have Trent White with us, an indigenous photographer who aims to help First Nations people preserve their culture through the stories from his lens. Today Trent helps us reframe the perspective with the evolution of industrialization worldwide. Urbanization, sustaining the indigenous culture is a big matter. The indigenous cultures are slowly vanishing. Trent decided to return to Darumbul, his traditional country in central Queensland. Today, as an immigrant Australian, I have often wondered how it would have been before the civilization at the land down under with a deep desire to learn about the life history, personal stories and journeys of the world's oldest civilization living right here through its cultures and in hope create a deeper appreciation of richness of our national story. A story we should all feel a part of, irrespective of where we have come from. Australia's journey strengthening the connections between Indigenous and non-Indigenous people will be through one of these stories that we share with you today. So let's listen about all this in Trent's own words. Guatemala. My name is Trent White. Guatemala is hello, greeting. Guatemala comes from my country, Danombo country. Naya, Karana Danombo. I just welcomed you to my Dunhamble country. And what I just said, I'm a Dunhamble man. Hello. Welcome to my country. I pay my respects to my elders, past and present. In Dunhamble country, we have four major clan groups. Ningibul, Dunhamble, Warrabul, and Guanmabada. I come from Guanmabada. Guanma mean plain country. Barada, on the end, mean place of people of or belonging to. It's a suffix, Barada. Gornmabada, people of the plains. Within Gornmabada, there are seven other little clan groups. I come from a family clan group called Rista Barada. Rista means sandfly. Barada, as I've just told you, is a suffix belonging to. I belong to the sandfly people. My grandfather, He's a Yemen man from a place called Tarum. Yemen has a different language to Darumbul. So I will say, I will say hello in Yemen, which is Kayu. Yemen 
means to sting, like a bee sting or a hornet sting. That's what Yemen means. Yemen also is made up of four major clan groups. Carpet snake people, freshwater turtle, booger binge is the bush turkey and emu. They're the four clan groups. I come from the freshwater turtle of my Yemen country. Thank you so much, Trent, and welcome to the In the Spirit of Spinning Yarns. I pay my respects to all your elders, the traditional custodians of the land where you belong, and I also recognize the continuing connections to lands, waters, and communities of all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, about you, who is Trent, and what is that passion for preserving the culture through photography all about? I was born in Rockhampton, born and bred here. All my family are here, all my relatives. Rockhampton sits in my Durrumbul country, so I'm always on my particular clan country. My passion for photography grew over the years with my involvement in a lot of culture, preserving and growing culture. Photography is another way for me to express myself and bring out more stories. I would often see Aboriginal people, especially in their homes, the big beautiful pictures, family photos, dressed in nice clothes, but never, never done up in the way that we were traditionally. So that's something that I really wanted to change because every clan group and every tribe has different styles, painting up with different meanings, depicting different totem animals, different laws, different beliefs. So I wanted to pay more attention to the differences in clan groups from one tribe to another and show the world. That's lovely, Trent. Talking about your culture, tell us everything about the beautiful cultural boundaries around your area, the famous rivers and the places that you have found peaceful the people of your community always look out for? The boundaries of my Durrumbul country, we don't have straight lines in a map. Our boundaries are the land and the sea, the mountains, the creeks, the rivers. They are the borders. Every clan group has different borders on their country. My, my borders are very unique. They are creek lines, they are rivers, they are mountains. They all have song, song lines attached to them, depicting the different boundaries. The, the people in my community that make up my community are beautiful people, very multicultural. And it, it is our, with our education to them that they too understand the boundaries of different tribes and clan groups and the passing down of that knowledge. That's beautiful, Trent. So to a non-Indigenous person, which could be me, for example, how would this be if I visited your community? How would I be welcomed there? If, if I was to welcome you to my country, I would personally take you to a significant place of my country, and that's the river that we call Tunaba. In English name, it is called the Fitzroy River, but to us, Durrambul, it's always been Tunaba. I would take you to Tunaba and I would call out to the ancestors to let them know that you are here as a friend and as a guest and that you are welcome to anything on our country. There are certain responsibilities when you get that welcome. You only take what you need and you share with others. There's not too many rules because you look after this place like it was your own place. A welcoming would then begin with a smoking ceremony. We use a particular tree. It's a sandalwood tree that we use for cleansing and welcoming to our country. So any thoughts with you would just be cleansed and it's just 
for Clint. It's really inviting and I cannot wait for the day when we are past this coronavirus times that I actually do visit your community. Talking about the Western influence and the industrialization, the urbanization and the shifting of our traditional culture, perhaps it would be lovely to know about some beautiful memories, perhaps of a culinary culture, of a dancing culture, of some culture that you feel is disappearing without much notice. And I would also like to know, what is the shame that sometimes our indigenous communities may feel about their wider culture? which could be damaging to their health, including mental health, our ecology, and our cultural Australian identity. For example, was there a special traditional food that your elders and the generations before would have eaten that would be nutritious? Or some spiritual practices that brought in both positivism? Could there have been some non-Indigenous teachers who may have come to your land, to your community, ages back, perhaps for a better world, helped or attempted to change those traditions? Yes, one of the ones that comes to mind straight away is our hunting practices of animals, and in particular, dugong and turtle, called dugong barabila, called sea turtle dangling. Our rights to hunt those two animals is under huge threat, under threat by environmentalists, under threat by general public and a lot of non-Indigenous people who don't understand our foods. We, Durrambal people, have lived off the animals since time began. It has come under huge threat. We are only allowed to hunt them animals in a certain area we call the army country of Shellwater Bay. We are only allowed up on Shellwater Bay at certain times of the year with our relationship with the army we may get five to six trips up there spending three to four days each year. That is the only area we hunt turtle and dugong on our traditional homelands. The influence of Western ways has put that under threat, not only eating but also a tradition of coming into manhood and hunting where it's very important for our young Durrambal men to pass on hunting techniques and hunting knowledge. It is it is under threat every day. The other thing is language. A lot of parts of our culture have been stripped from us, try and make us fit into a Western world against our will. We were not allowed to speak our language. Will there be punishment? We'll be removed from our country. Going backward, Trent, tell me a little bit about the spiritual connection to the land and also the feeling that we are talking about of going backwards in attempts to preserve the generation tradition. The spiritual connection to country is hard to explain to non-Indigenous people. You talk about spiritual connection to country to any Indigenous person in Australia, they will understand exactly what you're talking about. We were an oral history people. We talk orally about who was related to who, all your totem. Everything in society, in Aboriginal society, was spoken. Nothing was written, only painted. We are connected to every inch of our country, every blade of gla- grass, every rock, water, fire, sky, everything in your country belongs to you and you belong to it. It's a feeling very hard to describe, but our biggest healing comes from connecting back to country, connecting back to your traditional homeland. That's where the spirit of your ancestors lay. It's been there since time began. We are connected to that country in so many ways, through kinship systems, through song lines. We have thousands of songs. Our songs were like maps on our country. If you wanted to go to point A, to point B, to point 
point C, you would sing that song line so you know where you're going. In today's world, they call it a nav man, but in our world, it's called song lines. If you wanted to go make a spear, if you knew your song line, you could go make that spear really easily. All you had to do was have that song passed down to you and you can go out and make that spear. Any tools, any materials was attached to song line. That's really amazing. A beautiful culture of our country. Tell us a little bit more about the white Australia policy. What your ancestors would have told you. How it subtly changed the traditions. And also, when you were growing up, did anyone tell you about any aspect of you or your culture that they considered backward that perhaps may have ignited a feeling of shame that may have led to some people like yourself or others to stop following a certain tradition? Yes, it, it would go back to my great-grandmother. She was born on a place called Bandala on Newman country, not far from Tarum. She was born on Bandala, which is an Aboriginal mission that was made up. On that Aboriginal mission, you had clan groups, tribesmen coming that were removed from Cape York, from the Gulf of Carpentaria, from northern New South Wales, west of Birdsville, places along the Queensland east coast to a little place called Bandala. My grandmother, my great-grandmother was born there. As a young girl, they were made to walk from that mission to a place they called Warabinda, which was 280 kilometres away. She was put in a children's dormitory along with her parents. Her parents were moved to the same place but in another part of the place. Her parents could only come see her through the fence. My great-grandmother was not allowed to see or spend much time with her parents, only through the fence. From that day, they weren't allowed to speak their language. If they were caught speaking their language, they were punished. My great-grandmother would have been punished by putting a brown potato bag over her and cut her hair off. There were many punishments for Traditions such as language, song, dance that the missionaries would not allow. The missionaries brought Christianity. They did not believe what we believed. Growing up, many traditions had been lost and it would leave a shame in your family when people will ask, what is your language? And you don't know. What is that tree? And you don't know. What is that place called? And you don't know. That's a shame that you have because that knowledge has been taken from you, not by your people, but by other people, taken from you to control you, taken from you to make you believe in something you never believed in, taken from you to be assimilated in today's world. Finding pride in the land that gives us the food, the fabric, the flora, the language and the beautiful culture that is Australian pride. Tell me, do they still sing those bonfire songs when there is a celebration? Would the community still look out for those locally than going for urbanisation to afford a pizza or other fast food scenarios, especially in these COVID times? How do we fix the problem? of ensuring that our rich Indigenous culture identity is preserved and so is the Indigenous health. If you were to talk to your 90-year-old grandmother who has endured so much, what traditions, food, culture would you like to preserve and what would she talk to you about? The food is important because of the, the health problems we face with the introduced food. The food was plentiful on our country. When one tribe didn't have enough food, they would go 
at her neighbours and share food on their country. If I was to speak to my 90-year-old grandmother about what I wanted most would be the songs, the language, the flora and fauna of my entire country. Every medicine tree, every food source, every poison, the whole ecosystem. Trend. On a parting note, why are our modern Australian stories so narrow? Why do they don't have those traditions of our beautiful Indigenous community? And how do we bring them back? Well, a lot to do with it is arrogance and ignorance and a lack of understanding and a lack of wanting, wanting to understand. Our people will forever be connected to this country. We will forever be trying to tell non-Indigenous people about how we are connected and that you must respect because if you were to destroy our connection, you're destroying our lives. You destroy our mental health. You destroy our health as a human being. To take our connection away is to take our life. Non-Indigenous people need to listen and they need to understand about who we are, where we come from and why we do the things that we do. Everything has a reason and everything has a purpose. They must understand our connection for our connection is precious. And I believe our connection to country is precious for the whole of Australia to move as one. Thank you so much for your time and joining us today, Trent. With gratitude, I pay my respects and ode to you and all your heritage. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you for having me. You can follow Trent on Instagram at TrentWhite underscore photo. And we would love to hear from you. We can't wait to hear your story. So don't forget to follow us on Instagram at wired underscore global and on Twitter at global underscore wired. You can also email us on wiredglobalaus at gmail.com. Until next time, friends, stay well. Look out for one another. Look out for your neighbor. Wash your hands. Stay safe. And together, we shall overcome. Thank you.